0: Welcome to the Embrace Podcast. I'm Andrea, and by tuning in, you'll hear both encouraging and entertaining stories of faith from my circle of friends, Christian authors, and experts in the fitness industry. For listening today, I'd like to offer one month free to my daily workout program with code EMBRACEPODCAST at embracemovement.com. That's Embrace, M-V-M-N-T dot friends. I'm so excited to introduce you guys to a dear friend of mine, Jessica Lucero. She is a three times American record holder. She has a lifetime of competing and strength training under her belt. I was, you know, in the gym with her, um, while she was training for nationals and worlds. And we also went to church together. So, um, just a good, good friend. Oh, and I was a bridesmaid in her wedding. (laughs) So uh, welcome Jessica. Thank you. Oh my gosh. It's so fun to have you on like officially. So I wanted you to share with the audience. What are some of the most fun, crazy memories you have with me, you and Christian and maybe Becky too, training together.
1: (laughs) Oh, training specifically. I just, I would, the first thing that came to my mind is all the times you slept over at our house on our couch and made me stay up all night. This girl does not sleep like midnight, 1am, 2am. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you're the biggest snacker. You're like always eating something.
0: And you're like, <laughs> and how remember- are you so small? And you're always eating. I'm like, because yeah. I have a high metabolism. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you never stop moving. So I, I, I just remember I would need like a weekend to just like recover from you going over for like a 24 hour period. <laughs> uh, you, were, you had so much energy, which is awesome. But It's so funny. That was, that was one special memory. And then the second one that comes to mind, which was a training one was the one that we have on video.
0: I'll never forget. I'm so glad that you're mentioning this right now. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, you guys, Um, so let me prep you a little bit. So, um, Jessica (laughs) and I were training with Christian and I think, I think Chris and I were training for the CrossFit games or training for regionals Mm -hmm. leading up to the games. And Jessica was training, you know, Olympic weightlifting, but she was like, Christian's number one support, his number one cheerleader, you know, and she was always there for for his crossfit training, but then she had her own. She was always lifting heavy barbells on the side. And then that day, me and Jess did a workout together and we're like, okay, yeah. two sports combined. I I don't remember if it was on my programming and I asked you to join or if you were like already going to do it and it was the class programming that day. I don't remember. And and do you remember I how much it was on the bar? Year.
1: I feel like it was like one thirty-five or something like that. Like, okay. Yeah.
0: Something around
1: maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like crazy, but nothing light really either. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I think it was your programming or Christian just made it up and was like, you guys should do this. And because I wasn't in like that kind of shape. And I, I think I was starting, I think you and Becky were trying to convince me to do some CrossFit workouts every now and then. And yeah, I was in like, A weird training phase. Like, I didn't, I had like a really long time until a competition. And so I was doing some conditioning stuff with my coach, anyways. And so I was like, I'll just, I'll just do it, whatever. And it was like a barbell cycling workout and then sprints, right? Yep. Sprints back and forth, Mm -hmm. which were two things I'm like, I like sprinting and I like barbells. So that sounds fun. I'll do it. And I was, We got super competitive with each other and (laughs) we were racing. Yeah. We we were were like basically racing. But were we having a bar? No. Remember, we were facing each other. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like... Total grid style, and Christian was just egging it on. He was like cheering for you, which was making me so mad. So then I was speeding up.
0: like, He goes, <laughs> "I was, like, goes, for I was cheering for the underdog." I specifically remember him saying that, and you were like, oh my "But God. I'm your wife!" <laughs> like, what the heck? But I'm your wife, and also she does CrossFit,
1: and I don't do this. And <laughs> he was like, "These are wheelhouse. This is a wheelhouse workout." Or I don't remember. Yeah, I was like, "Oh my gosh, so crazy!" And then. So we started doing the workout and I feel like we were probably like right there with each other until the very end. Like sometimes you'd be ahead of me and then sometimes I'd be ahead of you, but we'd always like kind of whatever. And then towards the very end, the weights got way heavier for you. And I was, I mean, it was percentage wise was light for me. So it, I didn't, that didn't happen to me, but, and so you, you weren't slowing down really, but you were getting like your technique was breaking down remember and oh, then you the brought the-
0: technique breaking down man <laughs> familiar, yeah. familiar scene yep <laughs> but like you were able-
1: it wasn't like too hard for you to do but then you mm-hmm. brought the bar back down on a jerk and it fully like collapsed <laughs> you and you just folded under the bar and I was I had already finished and I was like all cocky about it and like went over to the track and I was like doing my runs and I look over and you just fold it in half.
0: <laughs> Literally question, you guys like, like a what are those called? Zoom, 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 zoom. What are those called? Like a
1: is that, wait, what is that called? It's not yeah xylophone no,
0: no it's like you know that they iPhone, they you yeah. know like uh not a yo-yo, but like, oh gosh. It was like, my body was an accordion. Like I was like doing a jerk. I caught it. And it just like completely compressed my whole body. And I just like fell to the ground. And we were like, like, wait, can you laugh? Like, is she okay? And I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. And Christian's like, I got that on video. You so <laughs> yeah Christian. Excited about it. Oh my gosh. And we it's watched that probably a 100 times, just crying out. We're like, cannot believe that happened. And yes, you guys, you know, I was a, a swimmer and a runner and came into the CrossFit world, learned how to weight lift and <laughs> hang with these guys. But Jessica has, I mean, come on, 17 years of squatting and benching and pressing and cleaning and jerking and snatching. So this girl, it's like, yeah, that stuff. Yeah, like wheelhouse workout. Okay, Christian, I think. You're right on that one um but i just remember being able to like cheer you on in our training sessions and watch mm-hmm. you and like get coached by you and think wow yeah. lord this is such an amazing opportunity you know and then we would get to like yeah. turn around right from there and go to faith or or turn around you know yeah. from that time go and to go, go to bible your house study. for a bible study or go to red rocks church or flat irons mm-hmm. church and we still got yeah. to be connected in our faith but then in our in our training walks too and that was the hard thing is that I always knew because this was such a special friendship, that it wasn't going to last mm-hmm. forever. I'm like, we, we both move around. We, we were competing and I ended up moving to New York almost the same time that you ended up moving to California. And so that, that, yeah. that small, like three years of time was such a special time in our friendship, you know, as athletes getting to together.
1: And it's still so memorable to me now. Like that's kind of the bar that I have all like community relationships Now, because we the amount of support, like I I remember a session when you and Christian were training, and it was like ten o'clock at night, and you guys were doing a super hard workout, and I just came to cheer for you guys. Like I didn't have a workout; I did mine already, or whatever it was, and I just came, and I just remember watching you guys and thinking, like, man, we're all like we all have such high goals, and we all want each other to succeed so bad. It was like family. It was like. I wanted you guys to succeed just as bad as I wanted myself to succeed. And it was, I mean, that's just so cool.
0: Yeah, it was a really special time. And you guys, we didn't live by each other. It was like 45 minutes apart. So we were like driving, putting some mm-hmm. serious mileage on just so yeah. that I could go and see her and our mentor, Becky, who was leading us in Bible studies. She was mentoring both of us at the same time with my sister. Mm-hmm. And it was such a blessed time because as an yeah. athlete, you think in your head, like in a, in a different way, you've got a, a drive in your DNA. Mm-hmm. That's like, I've got to go achieve. I've got to go do this and this, but then at, at the same time, you want to be able to have a heart that's humbled. And is it yeah. has this love for God? And so yeah. being able to share that with each other was was really unique. What do you think about you know, I, our mentoring process and, and getting to spend yeah. that together?
1: I feel like we grew, I don't know, I can't speak for you, but I feel like I grew so much in my faith during that time period. And I learned so much from Becky, like from a leadership standpoint, from a friendship standpoint, obviously from a faith standpoint. We we learned so much deeper about the Bible. Like I grew up Catholic. And I started going to non-denominational churches and like learning more and Christian is a Christian. And so he, I learned a lot from him, but like Becky and you and Abby, like all of us having that Bible study, I just felt like I grew so much in my understanding and relationship with God. Like, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. It was just so impactful and it made such a difference in my athletic career and my relationship with Christian, who I am as a person. I don't know. It it was just super significant in my life.
0: Yeah. Amen. Totally. God definitely used it. And, and you know what mm-hmm. I think about is how much discipline we had for our training. But it was mm-hmm. actually hard to get going to those Bible studies and do our reading and like do our home so and hard. stuff like that. Like what was yeah. that about? But I think it was the enemy trying to like get in, you know, get involved and be like, no, you don't want to do this. It's boring. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> you know, well, and we were so tired. I remember a lot of yes. them. We, we,
1: from a scheduling standpoint, cause like Abby had work, like we just, for us all to get together at the right time. Sometimes it was late at night. Like I remember doing some yeah. at like 9 PM mm-hmm. and we would go to like some random restaurant kind of in the middle between everybody. And, um, but we'd always end up talking for like three hours. And so, we probably like set ourselves up for failure a little bit anyways, because the, we would would spend, I mean, it was community, so it was still helpful. But it was just funny that like, we could have probably gotten the Bible study done, and then like had some community talk, but then we ended up just like sharing our lives and being there for each other. And so it ended up taking just so much longer than, mm-hmm. you know, just a quick hour or whatever. Right. And somehow, yeah, we made time for that every week. It's mm-hmm. Crazy.
0: For two years. Yeah. I often think yeah. about that and I'm like, okay, how am I being challenged to like have that accountability in my life too? like, you know, be able to like mentor yeah. others or whatever. Cause we know the amount of time it takes. So, um, you know, a little bit of bragging on Jess, because I know she won't tell you guys about these, you know, American, um, you know, (laughs) records that she holds, but Jess is an amazing competitor. I mean, 58 kilograms weightlifter. Um, she has broken quite a few of her own, um, records as well. And so that's kind of amazing too, is she kept kind of, Mm -hmm. she's an athlete that kept having this level that she wanted to compete at and then breaking the barrier, breaking it again. And so, um, Mm -hmm. it was just amazing. Jess, do you have any, like, um. Can you share on like what your mental space had to be at to be able to even train at that level?
1: Uh, I feel like it has to be constantly evolving because, you know, you, you have to continue to grow to, to, to be able to keep up with your competitors, to evolve with the sport, to always be able to reach for more because like you might get to one thing and this worked for you, but there were all these things that could still get better and still improve. And so I was constantly trying to, every training cycle after I finished, no matter if it was a good competition or bad competition, I'd reevaluate everything. Like, where could I have improved? What could I have done better? How could I, how could I learn more about, you know, human performance and um, capitalize and optimize my ability? And so I think that was helpful and then not allowing myself mentally to put any limits. So if, you know, there's these barriers and these really big goals that people kind of put up there or like competing against somebody or or at a specific competition and I would always just be try to be more curious about them like why can't people break this record? Like why has it been there for so long that makes no sense to me? Can I do it? If if I have you know, gotten this number in training and it's only several kilos away. If we put it on stage, um, can I perform and make it happen? And so it was kind of like a game a little bit like that for me.
0: Yeah. I remember there was times in training where like you were really disappointed mentally. It was actually not even the physical weight, like this girl squats, like 400 pounds, you guys. So this girl's got all these weights on the the bar and she's like going up and down, like the strongest squat I've ever seen. So then you see her like clean and jerk and you're like, okay, that's where that shows up, you know? But Mm -hmm. for her, like upper body wise, she was always like, okay, I've got to get my jerk to be able to match my clean because I, Mm -hmm. you know, if I can get it this high, I need to be able to get it over her head. So she, you know, had so much mental game to get around, you know, those goals. Um, what was like that? Like for you? Well, and there were
1: so many layers to why my jerks weren't as good, like mobility, it wasn't great. My stability wasn't great, um, which made it hard to feel strong overhead. And so I would work so hard on all the little things like um, all my imbalances and, you know, just general bodybuilding type of stuff so that I could be physically strong everywhere and Um, not just doing the Olympic lifts, um, which is pretty normal for a lot of programs, just, just always trying to do extra to be good enough and to get better. But then like, because that was a barrier so long, even when I did improve in my stability and my technique and my mobility and all of those things started to piece together. Yeah. Mentally, it was kind of like this block in my head. Like it was always Mm -hmm. something that was hard for so long that sometimes when I would get to heavier weights, I would, I would be like almost self doubting because, you know, you, you want to believe that the work that you're putting in is good enough and enough in general, just to, to be able to accomplish what you want to do. But in the moment you have to be like, so focused and shut all of that, all of that self doubt out that even like a slight distraction in the middle of a lift would make it impossible to make it. So it was constantly learning how to not allow those thoughts to distract me while I'm competing and kind of work through them while I'm not competing. So Mm. like, why does it scare me? Um, Why do I think I can't do it? And reminding myself of all the work I'm putting in. And so that way, when I'm actually performing it or especially on the competition floor, those doubts don't even come up because I've been working through those fears and stuff outside
0: of the competition. Yeah. But I it took those. a long
1: time to get there.
0: Yeah. I I remember a huge gap in your training where yeah. it was going like one mental mindset, and then you went through a season of like being stronger mentally. I don't remember yeah. you training any differently. And all of a sudden you were at bigger yeah. competitions, placing more, setting different records. Yeah. And I'm like, she had a breakthrough. Like there was yeah. something huge. And it wasn't just, you know, what people think, oh, she had a really good training season. It's like, that could be it too. But I saw a huge difference.
1: Yeah, no, i like, you're right. It wasn't training. You were with me. Like the training wasn't any different. I wasn't doing anything special. My program, my coach, nothing changed. The only thing really was, that mental piece of realizing like, I need to put in just as much mental work as I am physical work and Mm -hmm. understanding what that mental work looks like. And, and then I really felt like I had control over my self-talk and like the discipline there. And honestly, I do think that the Bible study and, and the mentorship was so helpful in, in guiding that because Remember when we first sat down with Becky and one of the things she asked us, or we all struggled with different things within our faith with whether it was doubt or, um, you know, confidence in, in trusting or purpose and and all of that. And, And the biggest thing for me was complete and utter surrender, and being able to trust that God's plan is good and he's, he's got me and, and whatever that outlook, whatever that outcome is, it's, it's good and it's great. And, and it's his will. And so learning how to surrender in that way taught me the foundation of being able mentally in sport to do the same and not being like, I need to control everything. Like if I don't do this then I'm not good enough or and, and cause I used to do that with like the actual numbers. Like it was just fact. If I, if I didn't hit this number in training, then I wasn't good enough to hit it. And I would spiral from there and learning to like release that and be like, it's all right. I didn't hit this number in training because there's a bigger plan here. And I know I'm putting in the work and I know that I'm being called to this. And so whatever is going to happen is going to happen, but here's the things I can do to improve. And it just released me from feeling like I needed to like hold on so tight. And I had a sports psychologist that kind of described it in a really cool way. He said, when you write your name with a pen or a pencil, probably a pen is easier, but you just write your name. You, the, He said, write it as hard as you possibly can on paper, like push as hard down on paper as you can. And what does your name look like when you do it like that or really, really light as light as you can and then normal, like the most clear you can see your name is the medium effort, like the just normal, relaxed effort. And when you don't try hard enough, you can barely see it. And when you try too hard, you rip the paper and you barely see it and nothing you can't even write your name to completion. And it was like a really cool metaphor for how I was approaching sport. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, anyways, so it just kind of all paralleled to me. And it was just like one season where all of that started clicking.
0: Were you ripping the paper in your training? (laughs)
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Every, every day I was just beating my head against the wall. Literally.
0: Oh my gosh. I mean, there's so much stress, but people don't understand that because they're like, oh, well, it's just a bar or it's just training or it's just this, just that, but they don't understand how much is on the table. And so, you know, when you're yeah. competing at that level, you're like, I've worked my whole life for this. And I don't think people yeah. can understand that either. They're like, oh, I want to get strong. Like Jess okay, well, uh, back when you're in middle school, go ahead and start squatting. And you know what I mean? It's like, how do you, well, your first weightlifting event can't be when you're Mm -hmm. 30. It has to be when you're 15, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, how do you even guide people to, you know, get stronger and where do you start with them from? (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, that's my favorite comment that I get on not favorite, but like funniest is people will be like, how do you get your, I want my legs to look like yours. I'm like, that is the weirdest thing to say. Like, I understand that there's admiration and things like that, but like I did, I wasn't just like born with this. Like I sacrificed family time. I, I sacrificed my own personal body. I I'm, I'm doing things that every choice that I make is for this goal. Like what time I go to bed, what I put in my mouth, what I don't put in my mouth, what I put, you know, like how I get up and, spend my time during the day how I just like literally every single decision had my goals in mind and I did that year after year after year after year and the the training sessions was like well I train like 10 to 13 times a week and they're like two two and a half hours each and my body hurts all the time and you know, you just have to, and then like, I'm investing all of my money back into myself and my recovery and my nutrition and my competitions and traveling to, to meet this goal. Like you have to be so singularly focused that you're willing to give up anything and everything so that, you know, you can accomplish what you are setting out to. And it's like, you have to give a hundred percent and everything. And you have to do it over and over and over again, even when it's not fun, even when you're hurt, even when you don't like feel like it, you, it every single day for years.
0: So it's yeah, true. <laughs> it compiles. It really does. Cause it's like, you yeah, five years in a row, you might understand, but if you do it for mm-hmm. a lifetime, you know, there's seasons, like there's seasons of yeah. high and seasons of low and, yeah, and that's of, perfectly like, normal. Yeah, like off seasons too. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it's it's interesting because you know, the Bible talks about long suffering and patience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that that's a way for us to get closer to God. So in some ways, like how can you compare your faith with your training and competing? So do you remember when we I don't even know if I can talk about this, but do you remember when we
1: were helping at, at the, w- the one that I did with you where we helped at Faith RX Camp? That was like the first time I realized that what I was giving did have purpose in that, in that way. And it was because we did talk about that. And that's when I started like more intentionally using training as a time to spend time with God too, because I didn't, it was one of those things where like, you know, I believe in God I'm doing, you know, I'm putting in the work with the Bible studies and going to church and reading on my own and like all of the checks, like I was checking everything off, you know, but until I made that connection because of that, um, camp and we were like helping, like volunteer coaching at it. And I was actually getting a lot out of it as well. Um, just from having different people around and learning their experiences and their perspectives and that, and yeah, exactly that. It was like, wow, that's, that's incredible that like, I'm continuously called to this. Not everybody spends 17 years on a goal. And, and that's one of the doubts that I have, like, why am I doing this? Is is this really from God? Or is this selfish? Is this what I should be doing? Am I trying to force it? Is that why I haven't had success? Because God's not actually calling me. Um, But when I started like pulling him into the sessions and like or I guess opening the door to let him be there with me (laughs) because he was already there anyways. Um, It it was a much different experience too because not every session was that special. You know, like there, some of them, actually most of them are really mundane. And so Hmm. it's really fun to like be able to have that. Like, you know what? Every time I go to the chalk tray, I have a conversation with God. Every time I walk to the bar, I can talk to God. I I can allow him to lift me up through every emotion that I'm having throughout this training session, every pain, every, everything. And so I can rejoice in that suffering. And when I had to cut weight a lot, uh, which I know that, you know, but people might not, and there was, man, you know what? I have it written down somewhere. I don't remember it right this minute. Um, but there is a Bible verse about suffering that I would recite to myself all the time in that season of my life. So, and, and then I was able, which this was, felt like a really big blessing at the time. Other athletes on team USA, we would go to these competitions and, um, you know, cutting weight at that level is painful it's not something that we suggest to people it's not healthy it's not great at all and um, but it's part of it and it's part of picking the best place for you as far as competitiveness and mm-hmm. um, to be able to reach those goals and it was a great opportunity to allow that suffering to be a reflection of God's love and so um, I was able to share that verse and like help other athletes through it um, through that suffering and like having that a um, more healthy perspective on why we're doing that instead of it
0: mm-hmm. letting it burn us out almost. Mm-hmm. And so that was
1: yeah, that was really
0: awesome. Well, I'll find it for you. Yeah, and... find it and we'll put it in the show notes. That was so a long people time ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um dude, thanks for sharing that. That was awesome. I mean, yeah, combining faith and fitness is is so important because I think having them in boxes is more common. Like people would be like, okay, Sunday is my God day. And I want to go to church and like try to do it all and invite him into that whole day. But then maybe they will like go throughout the rest of their week and they just get drained, you know, yeah. instead of inviting yeah. God into everything in their lives. Um, yeah. And
1: remembering that suffering has purpose and like mm. that, that purpose is there because like we're meant to go through it. We we can't just go around every, every, um, hardship, but actually I found it. It's Romans eight, 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us.
0: Amen. Wow. That's so good. And you can also use that as an athlete, like, Hey, it's not, you know, it might be hard now, but it's going to be so awesome later. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's so temporary. Like that weight cut for us, it was like, okay, this is like a two hour thing. We've got to suffer through literally, but once we're on weight, we get to do the fun part and we get to compete and we get to see like what, what we get. And like, even if it was a, Terrible competition. There was always something to learn from it to me. So, like, I just loved that piece of it. Like, okay, if it's a bad competition, yeah, it's not fun. You don't feel good, but you learn so much about what you can improve on and how you can improve Mm -hmm. mentally as a competitor on stage, off stage, in training, recovery, like how you made your weight cut, how you traveled. Like, there's so many valuable lessons in it that no matter what the outcome was, I was always just so excited to do it. Wow. And so, yeah, anyway.
0: Oh, that's good. That's really good. So if there's any listeners here that are, let's say young (laughs) hopefuls um, that are like 16 to 25 years old, something like that, where they're just starting out, or maybe they've been lifting for a while, but they're like, man, this is an Olympian over here. I want to be on the USA team someday. I want to be, you know, my goals are to like shoot for the stars and get strong and be able to compete nationally or at that level. You know, it sounds like uplift weightlifting would be really good for them. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit more about your program and any advice that you would give them?
1: Yeah. So I started the program while I was still competing, actually just for youth athletes, youth and junior athletes. So basically 21 and under. And, um, the reason was because when I first started with a thing, as you know, like you talked about, I'm already, I was 14 years old and I was able to have such a stable community and the opportunities to travel and like our family didn't have a ton of money. We weren't just traveling for vacations and stuff. So we would do a lot of fundraisers to be able to get me to go to these competitions and like just that opportunity I felt like was if I didn't have that purpose in my life at that age, I don't know what would have happened. You know, like I, I didn't care about school. I didn't, I didn't put in the effort in anything until I learned how through weightlifting. And so I was just, it was just such a value to my life that I wanted to be able to give that back to, to that um, age group. And so I started, it. it's just a remote team. Um, we, we started to open, we opened a in-person team, um, for all ages, but it was like right before COVID hit. And so we ended up going back remote. Um, and I have athletes now of all ages, but it did start youth and, um, junior and, and it's always kind of progressing. Like I've got other coaches under me now and, um, I've had an elite athlete with me, but since I had the baby, I, um, encouraged her to go to another coach just because I want her to like the whole purpose of my team is to be able to like give support and be there for them and help them grow as athletes. And if I'm not capable of doing that for them, or if there's somebody else better to do that for, I just want to help, you know, like, it's not about the glory or like whatever for me or the money or any of that. So Um it was it made more sense for me to encourage her, but I'm still there for her as a human and like supporter. Um so yeah, it's kind of like my point is it's constantly evolving, but it's a weightlifting team and the purpose of it is to be able to provide like this really supportive environment for athletes and be there for them and help them learn these life lessons that I was able to learn um, and it's just give value to their lives. Like I know that not all of them will compete for 17 years. Like I did, not all of them will have the Olympic dream. Not all of them will want to make a world team or will ever make a world team, but there's still a lot of value in sports and the lessons that I learned through them. And so I just want to be able to like, pay that forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. I love it. I love seeing the videos and the pictures that came out of that time before COVID when you guys were all together and oh my young athletes that were traveling to come train with you. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is Jess as a coach, like this is her yeah. in her, you know, in her space where she's comfortable in her. I don't know if it was in your garage. I think it was back then. Is that what I'm thinking of? So we had like an in-person place. And then at first when COVID happened, we
1: moved it to my garage just because it was a little bit more like controllable with um, what was going on. And also like the gyms weren't, weren't uh, technically allowed to be open. And so mm-hmm. it made me uncomfortable to like, so I, so I had it at the the house. So we were just able to like, say, if you feel comfortable and you want to come, we'll just do it at the house and
0: mm-hmm.
1: we could keep the doors open and stuff. So we did that for like almost a year after that happened. Wow. Um, and then I, and then um, Christian started a new work journey and then I got pregnant. And so it's evolving right now. We're in a like a weird stage. So we're trying to decide if I want to like keep it remote indefinitely or when the baby gets a little bit bigger, try to find a new place where we live now. Um, but yeah,
0: anyways. Oh, it's <laughs> good. And and they can find it by just like just at the Instagram handle, uplift weightlifting, right? hmm Yeah. And we have a website, upliftweightlifting.com. But
1: yeah, it's and it's really casual. It's not um like super high production or anything like that. Like it's just weightlifting coaching and me and another coach and we're just doing the thing, you know?
0: Yeah. Community. (laughs) No, I love it. And it is very encouraging. I find it to be encouraging too. Um, I like that you're giving back to what you've already received as being like a good thing in your youth. I know it's hard for people to kind of get there once they become an adult. They're like more just thinking about adults or their own dreams or what they've been through. And it's like, you have to switch ideas from being an athlete to being Mm -hmm. then a coach, because it's a totally different mindset. I mean, you were like used to performing and now you're like, all right, now my, my job is I'm helping them perform, but it's mental. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I brought some of the same principles
1: to that. Like I, I want to make sure that I'm always trying to grow as a coach. Like I know, I don't know everything and I did learn a lot. And I do feel like I, I can help people obviously at this point, but I know that I still have more to learn. And so I, I try to continue to do that. Like every training cycle for them, I'm like, okay, what happened? What could improve what, so I do that still with them. Um, where can I learn? I have mentors now as coaches Um, and, but you're right. Like the leadership part of it as the coach and like having to take that ownership, I did that as an athlete where I was like, well, it's never my coach's fault. It's always my fault. So what did I do wrong? Um, but I being able to say like, okay, there are times when an athlete doesn't perform because they're nervous or whatever, but it's my job to figure out how to help them overcome those nerves. So it's still my fault. Like I still need to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, even if I thought like the program went beautifully, their training was beautiful, their, their technique improved so much. I'm happy with their progress. Like no matter what the situation, there's always something to learn. And, um, but it is the, the ownership and leadership standpoint of it is completely different ball game, like how to talk to people and to meet them where they're at. Not everybody has the same work ethic that I do, which that was probably the hardest transition for me is like having expectations that everyone will put in that kind of an effort. Like it's not fair to ask, but it was like naive of me to think like, oh, well just everyone knows how to do that. Like, no, they don't. That's just like a unique weird thing that I did <laughs> and that people, my friends. Yeah. And that my friends that I was, I was always around were also like that. So we, we were just really gifted with that that I almost forget that most people don't have that kind of drive or work ethic. And that has to be taught almost to most wow. people, which is, that was new <laughs> for me yeah. and,
0: and a challenge. Especially with youth because they're coming from a yeah. place of like, well, I have other stuff to do homework, socialize. I'm like, <laughs> you know, they're like going through their own yeah. stuff too. So. Yeah. And I want to
1: encourage that. that's like, it's really important to me. And now I looking back, so there was an Olympic trials in 2018, 20- In 2008, when I was graduating high school and top 30 overall athletes got invited. And I, in my memory, I remember being invited, but I, my, I talked to my coach about it. I talked to my parents about it and they talked behind my back and basically were like, she can't go because one, I wasn't like in the mix to make the Olympics. then. it was just an experience. um, And I thought it would be great for my development as an athlete to see that, to be able to experience it, to, to learn from the athletes there but it was the same weekend as my senior prom and my coach and my family felt like it was more important for me to experience senior prom and have that life, um, moment as an, as a child and like actually enjoy that, you know? Um, and that was more important than me going to basically watch an Olympic trials. And, um, that was a really hard decision at the time. I like Pretty much threw a tantrum about it. I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. I didn't care about senior prom. I had like four friends because they and they all did weightlifting, and the only thing I cared about was weightlifting. And now looking back, I have those memories and I have those pictures, and I'm just so glad that that's what they made me do. And so Mm -hmm. I pay. That's like something that I'm with my kids on my team. I'm always like, you know, if they're playing other sports, I'm encouraging that. Like, please play other sports you don't have to take this that seriously. We're just going to learn and we're going to get better at weightlifting and we're just going to do what we can with what we've got. But I'm, I'm definitely not like the, the work ethic, I guess I mean also is just like knowing outside of training that we've got to put in some work and like while you're in training, how to problem solve like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, it's a remote team. So if you don't know the answer or what, how to like, for example, I write, I write like a new exercise instead of just being like, I don't know how to do this. I'm not going to do it. Instead, like either look it up on YouTube or text me and we can, I send you a video or, um, if I didn't word it well enough, like communicate that with me, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally like encouraging. I'm, I'm always like, yeah, do all the sports
0: track, soccer, swim, whatever. Yeah. And weightlifting <laughs> is going to make them better at those sports too. So they go hand in hand, totally. like it's going to make them yeah. faster and stronger and just better. Yeah. Uh, more and they'll able- make more friends humans. in those too.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Go make more friends and like be involved in the school. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's almost more important at this stage. Like I have some kids that really want to make um, like a youth Pan Ams or a youth worlds or a junior worlds. And, and one, that's a long process to mm-hmm. get good enough even for that level and especially as the competition raises in usa um it's challenging to to qualify for these these competitions and so you need a lot of years under your belt for that as well and a lot of discipline and and like just being a like okay with that this might not happen tomorrow Mm -hmm. um Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so yeah anyway
0: no, it's good. It's good. And I feel like you're kind of speaking from a mom's perspective there. Like you're Maybe. kind of like, Hey, like, want you go to experience life and you know, you're looking forward to like these kids, you know, having a social life and taking part in things in high school, but like now you're a mom, you've got sure. a three month um, yeah. old, um, babe. And I love it. And, you know, I just want to dip into that season a little bit and just, you know, what mm-hmm. is, what does Kyron mean to you? Schedules, how, how complicated it is, but through everything, like, how is God speaking to you?
1: Um, patience. I think I didn't realize how impatient of a person I was, and how not I don't want to say OCD because I know, like, I, I don't have OCD, but I do like things to be like scheduled out and in order and like planned for. And this is not an, a plannable thing like I try to keep him on a schedule and just just for him to make sure that he's like eating enough and sleeping enough and um and all of that but I'm learning so quick that like I have no control like if he if he if he doesn't you know want to sleep for longer than 30 minutes I have to help him get back down you know um or we're done with the nap and we've got to come back to it later Um, so yeah, I'm just learning a lot of patience and, um, that's something like I actually prayed for a lot in the very beginning because I thought I had these expectations of parenthood on like what, how I would, I knew I always wanted to be a mom. So I knew that like through the hardship and, and non-sleeping and all of that, like I understood that that was part of the deal, but I didn't know what it would feel like. And I think, my expectation of how I was able gonna be able to handle it and the reality of it were completely different. And so yeah, I've been paying praying for a lot of patience.
0: It's such a beautiful process, though. I mean, I see you guys together, and I'm like, this is the way a baby looks at his mama. Like he loves Aww. you so much. He's there clinging to you, like a little koala. Um, for those of yeah. you guys that can't see it, and you guys are on podcast. But no, I love it. Yeah. It's such a gift, and it's it's so cool that you know we guys have this friendship when we were single and chasing after our goals, and then here we are yeah. both stepping into motherhood years later. Um, but then I'm still getting to see, like, you were just talking about patience and long suffering and like how yeah. God can use that. And here you are in motherhood talking about the same lesson. Like that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he,
1: um, yeah, he's a big mama's boy. So he's, he doesn't like doing anything with anybody else. So <laughs> it's hard a lot of times, um, for a lot of things, like even just to do this.
0: Hey, you know what? We've got content and we got to make it today. I think it's a win. Um, okay. So, you know, just to kind of close up, how can people get a hold of you and where they, where can they follow you?
1: Um, uh, my Instagram is Jessica Lucero nine. Um, and that's pretty much it right now. Um, I have a Facebook, I guess it's the same, but, um, yeah, I'm most active on Instagram. We, um, we're in like I said we're in a weird season because of my husband's new job and the baby and just all of the things going on so Mm -hmm. yeah we're Mm -hmm. just trying to make it make it work do the thing Yes,
0: definitely well good luck Jess and I'm so glad we got to catch up today and we'll talk to you soon yeah thanks Andrea bye We are a women's program that helps build a daily routine around Bible study, prayer, and fun fitness workouts. Get a month free with code EMBRACEPODCAST.